All right. Can everybody hear me? Somebody give me a thumbs up. Oh, that's good. That's a good sight to see. Now the next question is anybody listening? <laughs> uh, try and keep listening today. We've got a neat, neat thought, a neat uh, message from God's word. A lot of us have been uh, reading through the Old Testament, and we just finished this past week reading through the book of Job. And it's an amazing story. It's a really, I'd forgotten how, how hard Job is to read. You know, it is, it is complex, it's dense, it's hard to, to figure it out, what everybody's saying. But the main message that we see is, is fairly simple, and that's that Job, he had a blessed life. And he experienced some difficulties in that life, but his life was blessed by God. And as we, and we saw those blessings that are particularly read about in the, at the end of Job, that Dion read that passage that, that, um, you know, he, he, he was greatly blessed and had many days to his life. Uh, just a neat story. When I finished reading that, I went, I went and I continued, I'm going to start the Psalms. And so I started reading the Psalms and Psalm one struck me in a very different way, having done that, having not put the book away for 24 hours or whatever, but just reading straight from Job. I had Job in my mind as I went through Psalm. I went and started reading the Psalms. And Psalm number one, kind of, that's what I want to focus on today, because Job, Psalm number one really taught me a lot about Job. And I think Job's life serves as an example of of a blessed life of righteousness that is spoken of in Psalm number one. So first of all, I want you to consider with me um, Job's life. How would you summarize Job's life? For me, it goes a little something like this. You had a, a righteous, blameless, upright man who feared God and who was blessed greatly. He became, he became very wealthy physically had many blessings and his thoughts were always towards God. Um, and then everything just fell apart. And it seemed like God had his hand upon him to, to bring harm to him. God had been blessing him all of his life. And then came one day when four events happened where Job lost everything. And so Job had this went from being blessed to, to losing it all. And then next, he doesn't just lose everything he has and his family is the death of his children, but then he also loses his health. And so he's in horrible pain and suffering mentally, physically, emotionally, even socially. He has friends who are coming to him saying, what have you done wrong? So it's, it's an interesting interesting theological, it's just, you figure out how does God work? And that's what they were wrestling with, Job and his friends. How does God work? Job was wrestling with it more than his friends because he knew he hadn't sinned. But his friends looked at his life when he had lost everything, and they said, Job, you've sinned against Job. You have sinned against God. What have you done wrong? And so, Job really wrestled with, with that, and he knew he hadn't done anything wrong, and he was like, God, why have you done this? Where are you? Why, are, why is your hand upon me to inflict all this pain and difficulty? And so why did Job suffer that pain and loss? That's really kind of the question. 
why why did he do that why was he going through that the difficulties of life in such a terrible way so I want you to consider that, that after Job went through all of those difficulties and after God then spoke to him, Job, although Psalm 1, I don't want to give you the impression that Job had Psalm 1 memorized. Psalm 1 didn't, did not exist when Job was around, most likely. Job existed much earlier than the writing of Psalm number 1. Uh, but I do want you to consider that what Psalm 1 says Job would have considered and known and had these thoughts. Before uh, God allowed the afflictions to come upon Job, I think Job would have looked at Psalm number one and said amen to it. He would have agreed with it. And from the standpoint of this, before Job got sick, his friends and he also thought this, that bad things happen to to bad people to who and God does bad things to them as punishment. So bad things happen to bad people as punishment from God, whereas good things happen to good people and God is giving them a reward. Now that's the basic thought that caused all the difficulties uh, with their discussions in Job. And Job would have believed that at one point in time. Now, I want you to consider, though, that after Job has this experience, he looks at Psalm number one in a, in a different way, though. Because Psalm number one, we're going to go ahead and read through it, and we're going to see that a, a lot of it is kind of like this. Good things happen to good people. You're blessed. If you're a righteous, you'll be blessed. But if you're a sinner, bad things are going to happen. God is going to come against you. God is going to is not going to allow you to stand or be among the righteous and you will you will pay for your wicked ways. So let's go to Psalm number one. And the outline today really is it's it's the Psalm itself. So if you're looking at the outline, that's fine. It's not much, but if you're looking at the Bible, you got the same thing. So Psalm number one, it's six verses and I want to read that right now. Consider the life of Job. Right now as we read through it, consider his life before everything bad happened. He was living his life, he was a righteous man, and he was blessed in every way. Now keep that in mind as we, as we listen to this. Psalm 1, starting in verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now you listen to that, and you know, when I read that first coming out of Job, I'm like, yeah, this, was, this fits very much to Job's philosophy, his thought about how God works, about how life works. 
you do good and God is going to be good to you. And that's the reward he gives you. But if you do bad, then bad things are going to happen. And it's God's way of punishing you. But then I thought, after Job went through all of the suffering, after his friends fail him, after he has all this, this time that he just wrestles and struggles with God, and then God shows up, what was God's answer to why that happened? What happened? You know, why did, what does God say about Job? This is why you suffered. This is why you lost your family. This is why you experienced pain. And God never told him. God never told him why. God simply explained that he is wise, that he is powerful, that he is in control. And if you know that, then you can just simply trust him. Job was never, you know, it's, it's a funny thing because in this story, we were, we were given a back scenes a back a back scene kind of view we could we could see what was happening behind the stage so to speak because we knew that god wasn't just causing all these things to happen but god was allowing it to happen but satan was the cause we have an adversary who was causing all these bad things to happen and this in this fallen world bad things happen and it's not god doing all this bad and evil it's it's the adversary who is doing it. But God never even explained that to Job. And Job was left still just to simply say, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. And he does that, and he is blessed for it in the end. But so now what I want to do is I want you to consider how Job, at the end, of, he agreed with Psalm 1 at the beginning of his life. All right, I do good, God's going to do good to me. If I do bad, God's going to punish me. He agreed with that at the beginning of his life. But after he went through all the pain and suffering, he has a new outlook, if you will. He didn't know Psalm 1, but if he would, if he would look at it and he would consider it, he would have understood a few more things about it. Number one, as we look at Psalm verses 1 and 2, blessed is the man who doesn't who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So, I, you know, this Job never stopped doing this. He had questions when he was going through his pain and suffering, but he never stopped meditating on the law. And it's interesting, and I've had this kind of experience, maybe you all have too, is that... Uh, when you're going through pain and suffering, going through difficult times in life, is that even though it's difficult and you have questions for God and you want to know why, you're still going to him and seeking him. You're still thinking about him. And a lot of times those difficulties draw you closer to him. And, and so Job gets that perspective now. He realizes that the difficulties, they weren't punishment but they were something that allowed him to be drawn closer to God. He didn't turn away from God. He came closer to him. And he, now he's able to meditate and dwell upon the Lord and delight in him even more than he had in the past. Look at verses three and four. And here's some of the primary difference, I think, of where Paul gets a more mature view of who God is and how he works. Look at verse three. So the, talking about the man who 
delights in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. So think about this for a second. This, this idea of a tree that is by a stream of water. Now, sometimes that tree, and it's probably not true for um, all of, not true for our area, uh, that, you know, trees can thrive away from a stream, right? But when you're in a land like Palestine, like where David, who wrote this, he understood that there are a lot of desert places. And the, the idea of a tree planted by streams of water is that if you take that tree away from the water source, it is going to die because it's surrounded by desert places. It's surrounded by places that will not yield life. That tree has to be planted by the stream of water. That tree must completely rely upon the stream. It has to get its sole source of life, its sole source of, of nutrient and nourishment that it needs from that water. It has to all come from that stream. And so I think when we consider Job, he realized that during that whole time, you know, if, if you have a tree that's in a lush and easy environment, then it doesn't need the stream. It can grow anywhere. But a tree that is planted by the streams of water is one that's, it might be surrounded by a brutal desert and it has to rely upon the stream. Job's life, he realized, you know, he had the easy life up until he lost everything. And then he gets this more mature view is that life is difficult. And to survive this life, we have to be planted by God. We have to be beside him. We have to gain nourishment and life, that life-giving water. It has to come from God. And for us, we know that, that Jesus is, is the, the water of life. If anyone thirsts, Jesus says, come to me. And I will give him streams of living water will flow forth from him. So let's turn to Jesus. Let's understand that we are, we've got to be trees planted by streams of water because life is brutal and it's the only way for us to survive this life. Job had a better perspective of that when he lost everything. We need to kind of make sure that we get that perspective. Um, you know, we're going through difficult times right now, but I, I still contend, hey, things aren't as bad as they could be. So just learn the lesson now while things are not that bad. Trust in God. Rely upon him because the world is a difficult place. All right, so verse number three again. So Job's perspective has matured. It has changed. Um, and he realizes that the blessings come, and part of the blessing is that he's, he gets those blessings from God. It's not from the physical things in life. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Now listen to that. It, it, it yields its fruit in its season. Yielding fruit, it takes time. It doesn't happen all at once. And sometimes we must endure seasons of trouble before we can produce the fruit. And it's also true that sometimes we have to endure those seasons of trouble so that we can 
produce so that really God can produce the fruit that we need in our life so that we can be mature, so we can have the fruit of righteousness in our lives. Difficulties bring that to fruition. Psalm 1 is not saying that uh, a righteous man will never have difficulties. Or it is not saying that every blessing is is physical, but the, the blessings are more important than that. They are spiritual. So verse number three again, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Its leaf does not wither. Now, if you read Job, you go back and if you haven't read it and if you're thinking back in your mind about about Job, man, it seems like he was at times, he was just withering away. But as long as he was just staying faithful to God, you know, his wife wanted to curse God and die. He's like, no. So even in those difficult, even in those difficult seasons, in those difficult times, even when you're lost and you wonder why and you don't have all the answers, even then, if you stay connected, rooted in God, and drawing your, you know, having him as your water source, your leaf won't wither. Even when you're, it's the most difficult of days and you think you just want to give up and be no more and you want to curse the day that you, that you were born, just like Job did. Don't give in to those thoughts. Keep searching for God and keep trusting him. That is what it means to not have your leaf wither. Job, you read through Job, he, was, he, he felt like his life was withered away and he was worthless and he was the laughingstock of the community. He just thought everything was bad. But God says, no, your leaf has not withered. You are still strong. You are still holding on to me. So don't, that's, that's what it means. And Job has this mature view, a different view of the pain and suffering that he has now. And in verse number three at the tail end, it says, the last part of that verse, in all that he does, he prospers. And I think we see that with Job. In the midst of his misery and suffering, he was prosperous even in that because he was so spiritually strong. If any one of us had suffered what he suffered in in chapter 1, where he, he lost all of his wealth, he lost his home, he lost his children, he lost everything except his wife, we we would have given in right then. Maybe well, we'd be tempted to. But even in that, you know, he didn't. He was still prospering, even though he lost everything physically. He still prospered with God. Satan went back to God after he took away that had that initial strike against uh, against Job and and. Um, you know, God says, well, I, you know, I told you he was upright and blameless. And Satan says, yeah, but you put a hedge around him. You, you, you know, if you take away his health, then he'll, he'll turn away from you. And Job didn't. He struggled. He struggled badly. And it was hard. You talk about a desert situation in life, spiritually speaking. He struggled. But God still caused him to prosper. So be righteous, be, be relying upon God, be like that tree 
And that's what Job was. Job was that tree planted by streams of water. And it all comes from delighting in that law of the Lord, from turning to him, making him the most important thing in your life. Trust in him. So again, verse number four, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff the wind drives away. If he had been wicked, he would have never survived what he went through. Verse five, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Folks, at the end of this life, if we will just endure, if we will just make our way through, there is there is hope for us to be among the number of the righteous. We will be gathered in that assembly, that eternal assembly, and, and sing that new song together with all the saints who've gone on before us. And we will be with God forever, and he will make his face shine upon us. We will see his face. And I just want to encourage you today with this lesson to keep growing and keep maturing and, and let difficulties and troubles in life and even this current situation we're in, let it draw you closer to God so that you can be like that tree planted by streams of water and you're going to be able to yield fruit in its season. It might not happen today, but it will. You'll have fruit in your life. It will bear forth fruit. God will be with you and make you prosper. Your leaf will not wither. You will be strong all the days of your life. So the lesson is this, delight in the teachings of God, delight in his law and in his precepts and what he has done for us, delight in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. And if we would just seek after him, that God will change us into his very image and likeness. That's just a beautiful thought. Delight in him. Have his word in your heart and mind. and Live according to it. Don't just know it, but live it. Bring, bring forth his word in your life, walking it out daily. And persevere through good times and through bad. So that someday you'll bear that fruit in season and have eternal life. Folks, Job was a tree planted by the stream of water that is God. And I encourage you to be planted and rooted in that same kind of foundation. Give your life to Jesus and let him work in your life. If there's anybody here today and you're listening or you're listening later somehow, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to follow him more closely. Maybe you need to, to confess some sins and repent of those sins. You know, let, let us know so we can pray for you. We love to pray for each other in this congregation, don't we? So let us pray for each other and let us encourage each other to be trees. Let us planted by the streams of water. Let us, uh, let us think about those folks who might not be in our number today and reach out to them and encourage them so that they will not wither away, but that they will be strong in Christ Jesus. And if there's anybody, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never been immersed into him as scripture instructs us to do, then seek him, believe in him, have faith in Christ, even though life is difficult. It's just that, let that draw you closer to the one who has the answers and the reason for you to live. He's the one who has created a story for you to live out. Turn to Jesus. Give your life to him and submit to him in baptism and live for him forever. 
If anybody needs to respond in any way, I encourage you to do it today. We're going to sing this song of encouragement. If you want to reach out to me now or later, whatever you want to do, uh, let me know. And, but come to Jesus and live for him. Be that tree planted by streams of water. We're going to sing this song now, and you respond if you, how you need to. <laughs>